listening to our contestant is Carlos. His friends call him Los. Los? That's right. I, I do tend to explode only when by myself. What's the big deal? That she you touched that? a man's trash can. Bro, right now I'm committing a Schedule 1 felony. Allegedly. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's bullshit. bullshit. He's the mole, dude. <laughs> He's got be. the mole in the face of his cock, dude. He's fucking home like a hole like a hole. Mom, you <laughs> are a horrible human being. She's being you know what? Right. Why don't you die from breast cancer or something? <gasps> wow. No, you take wow. that back. That's usually, it's, hey, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. I'm also a woman. But in the event of an emergency... Your regular exit might not be the quickest or safest way out. Hey, this emergency exit is painted on. There's no way out. There's no way out. We do. We do. We do. That's right. Now it is the time to open your mind. In our search for the unknown, who knows what we will find? This is emergency exit. This is episode 81, and today is July 2nd, 2018. We are broadcasting to you again from our floating tin can far above the world. I am your host, Los. With me, as always, and working hard to stream us live to the world is none other than Brandon, the hard Hat Mitchell, how are you doing, buddy? Doing great over here, man. You say working hard. That's um, working hard to stream us live. Yeah, that's the hard hat is working hard for the money. That's that's easy to say until you're over here running my stuff. You know what it, I mean? It's easy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it's been a uh, another week. Another week down. Lots of stuff has happened. What has happened for you in the week? Oh, Nothing. Uh, it's been a pretty chill week for me. Yeah. But uh, I know a lot of other people would probably tell you otherwise. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into that when we get into the news. That's right. Okay. On today's show, we travel back to 1967 to get the story of how 10 ballistic missiles went offline during a mysterious sighting of a glowing red UFO. Plus, Bill Nye gets verbally abused when we talk about the Malmstrom incident. Plus... We are, that's what we'll, we'll be going into the mystic, basically. Into the mystic. Give me some reverb on that. Into the mystic. That's good. Later, we will see the war zone in Portland during Saturday's protest. But first, ra-ba-dum-dum-ba-dum-dum. It's the That's right. Brandon, what are we drinking today? Well, I'll, first I'll say, I'll read it right off the can yeah. here. And that can is the can right here, too? It is right there. It just uh, popped up. What do you know is. about that? Uh, let's see. It's called Buffalo. Oh, it's made by Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company, and it is the Great White Buffalo, a Belgian-style witter. Wit beer. Uh, I don't know. I saw H there. Tell us some uh, about this. Well, as you said, it's the Great White Buffalo made by Buffalo Brewing, and uh, they are based out of Houston, Texas. That's right, Coach. I picked this one just for you. This should be your turn yourself up a little this bit. This should be there. your first beer. There you uh, go. Since now you are a full-time resident of Texas. That's right. Uh, Great White Buffalo, the liquid that launched a golden age for wit beers in Houston, and according to their website, they uh, describe it as light, crisp, refreshing, and smooth. Brewed with the sweet and several orange peels and coriander for a spiced citrus taste. Not a 
crisp a, citrus not, finish. Yes. Yeah, spice and citrus that. taste. Perfect for weekend cookouts or anytime the temperature rises above, get this, 84 degrees. Good. Guys, that's cute. 84 degrees. That is so cute. <laughs> they think that's hot. Yeah. Well, they uh, do get it pretty hot over there, too. It's Houston, too, right? Yeah, well, it's humid. They got a it's beach, humid. though, right? I think it was like 100 and... I mean, if you want to call that a beach. They've got some water. Yeah, they got some water. We by, got water, too. Buy some stuff. Alcohol by volume, 5.8. 5.8. That ain't bad. IBU. You remember what the IBU stands for? International Bitterness Unit. And this one scores a 22. 22, that's very low. Mm-hmm. Tasting it, notes, also. Get some tasting notes. Easy drink of... Easy... We'll crack Easily it open drinkable. and pour it into a glass here. Yeah, there you go. Easily drinkable and straight to the point with a slight citrus note to complement the soft malt backbone. It's brewed with sweet and several orange peel plus coriander. Oh, look, that looks kind of pretty. Look at that. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Oh, wait, wrong. Wrong thing. This is in my Adelbert's glass there. Mm, I don't know how they would feel about that. Well... So they, I'm, they don't give a fuck. You got, you can't just drink all the, the <laughs> their, their their beer all the time. It has to be from <clears throat> from their glass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, tell what me a, a little bit. Let's give it a little bit of a smell and a taste, everybody. So if you're drinking, drink along here. It smells like a uh, like a hef hefeweizen. No, it is a wit a wit beer, a wheat beer. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I'm not a big fan of these. It's that, that maybe it's the coriander. Is that what that is? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So, that being said, Brandon, what do you think about this beer? Um, I Come don't on. know. It's not. Um, I wouldn't say it's easily drinkable. It seems a little heavy. I might be able to max out at like three or four of them. Um, I'm gonna give it a three point three. Three point three. Yeah. That's not too shabby. No. Respectable. Uh, Coach says that it's hot as balls out here. Yeah, and it would be for you if you're not used to it. And it's getting hot. You came at the right time. <laughs> so everything else after this heat wave, you'll be good. It's It'll be good. Uh, it gets a little cold. Uh, when it does get cold, it'll hit freezing a couple times, yeah, right? Maybe maybe three times this season. Yeah, it, it, it went below freezing. Well, this last one, we got some snow. A little bit of snow. But actual snow. Yeah. Not so. a little bit of frost. Well, I'm going to take another sip of this and give you guys a judgment here. I sort of should have grabbed... Um, I have some lemon in my fridge there. We could have uh, dropped some in there. Mm. It's the, the the liquid lemon. That stuff's still... It's just, just as good, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just good, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you squeeze it from the juice. <clears throat> you squeeze it from the juice. Or, yeah, you squeeze it from the juice. Um. All right, yeah. It, it tastes like any other wheat beer I used to have. It's not as heavy tasting, feeling as uh, as any other, like a what is it, like a full moon or something, right? It's in the in that realm of full moon. Something I'd stay away from. If you were me, you'd stay away from this. Stick with the ambers and the IPAs. So that being said, I'm going to give this a cruel two point three. That's a low one, that's and harsh. that's the brew. What do you think, you guys? <laughs> is that harsh or what? Brew? I mean, that's how you feel. Well. I feel that way, and that's what I'm going to give it. Brew World Order. Does that make you feel bad because you brought the beers? You're like, oh, this guy Damn, gave it a 2.3. Like that's a low-ass rating. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's just below mid-ground. It's the Brew World Order. All right, let's wipe that away. Get that out of here. Not something I drink uh, normally. Hey, guys. Welcome back. 
Oh, no, I told myself to stop trying to burp into the mic all the time, so sorry about that if, uh, like, if, just if you were offended by it. We're going to talk about the Malmstrom incident, and it's some crazy alien shit that you guys need to be paying attention for. Um, we're going to tell you guys a little bit about this guy. We're going to tell you about his story. Then we're going to talk about some funny stuff after that. Uh, I hope you guys are sticking along with me. So why don't we, uh, you ready to go into the mystic here? I'm ready to do it. Let's hop right into the mystic. (laughs) 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 That's right. Yeah, that you gotta throw in that reverb every more. Uh, I'm going to more often. Going to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon. I'm gonna have, pass this over to Brandon to start doing this. We're gonna talk about the Malmstrom incident, and should you want me to read it, or do you want to do it? Let's just because uh, I got all the stuff at the end, like I said. So yeah, let's y- just here. We'll work through it. Then like we've got we've got a clip coming up that we're gonna got play some clips. We'll, yeah, and then we'll just kind of stop it and talk about it as it goes. But there yeah, I'll, I'll jump right into it. A little background information on Malmstrom. Malmstrom, Malmstrom. It's one of those weird Malm. Malm. I think just Malm. Malmstrom. Malm. 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 Right. Parallelogram. Work it all out. Um, It's based in uh, Great Falls, Montana. It's home to the U.S. Air Force Strategic Air Command missile combat officers and uh, other enlisted personnel. Basically, it's missileers. I like that word, missileers. Assigned to operate, maintain, and protect the Minuteman Minuteman Intercontinental Ballistic Ballistic Missile, missile. the ICBMs, the wartime nuclear missiles. Uh Uh-huh. they <clears throat> they're based out of Monster Air Force Air Force Base and all around the country. There's several sites, but this one happens to have a handful right on site. Um, what, what are these? What 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 are intercontinental ballistic missiles? They are. What, what can you tell me? They are. Do you know what they are? I mean, I don't know the specs on them. But you don't have to tell me the are, specs. Like, oh, they're yeah. like ten foot tall or something. But oh, they're a lot bigger. Than and you that. have a picture right there, you guys. That yeah, that's like of the whole silo in there. I mean, so they're they're big. They're made to travel, you know, into space, halfway around the world, and come down and yeah, it's like way and drop there. loads. That picture on, uh, over there. On so you can see it's underground. Mm-hmm. If you guys are watching the pod, probably uh, a couple on the video feet. cast, you can see that it's under uh, a couple hundred feet with the capsule on one side, and that's where. Uh, well, go ahead. No, keep going. You're doing a good job. Um, well, yeah, they're nuclear weapons. They are they're missiles with a nuclear head on it, is from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean that's it. That's they're just a big missile that are and they're nuclear. intercontinental, which means that anywhere in the world they can much. they can yeah win the intercontinental championship from Mister Perfect <laughs> in WWF. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it, it, when they launch, they go straight for his house. Straight for his house. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's dead, by the way, Kurt Henning. Rest oh, in peace. Oh, R.I.P. Sorry, buddy. R.I.P. in Bummer. peace. Bummer, man. Bummer. Uh, so basically, there was a strange event that happened on the morning of March 16th, 1967. A strange incident? Strange incident. Tell me more. A series of ICBM missiles and the silos, along with the appropriate facilities needed to launch these weapons, were brought to an offline status because this was in 67 the cold war they were worried about the russians getting mm-hmm. there and so every missile that we had was on a continuous go status that it just took them punching in the codes and turning those 
two keys at the same time and hit and launch. Oh, that's that. And so yeah. they went down. Yeah, they went into a no-go um, status, which means, hey, these ain't ready to, to launch. And okay. this coincided after security personnel reported seeing lights in the sky and later what a craft hovering at the front gate. Oh, no. Yeah. A, a, a craft? A craft. Some sort and of craft? I, I don't know if they could identify it, so you might be able to say it was an unidentifiable. And if they said it was just hovering there and would have to be flying. Was glowing? I'm sure it was. I mean, if it, it had to be, they, were, they, had, they saw it. <laughs> Um, so anyway, and this is where we're going to hear a little interview from uh, Captain Robert Salas. 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 Salas, Salas. He, um, Robert Salas. He was down in the silo. If you're watching the stream, he was way down in the bunker. So he, he, he was, was only getting capsule. reports from topside through his security guards, but he witnessed the missiles going down firsthand. And here we go. Let's hear it. I received a call from my topside uh, security guard, who's the uh, uh, flight security controller, I think we call him, at FSC. And he said that uh, he and some of the guards have been observing some strange lights flying around the site, around the, the launch control facility. And uh, he said they were acting very unusual, just flying around. Uh, and I said, well, you mean UFO? <laughs> I think I use that word. Uh, you mean like UFOs? And he said, well, he said he couldn't, make, he didn't know what they were, but they were lights. They were flying around and they, were, they weren't airplanes. They weren't making any noise. They were not helicopters. And they were making some very strange uh, maneuvers. Yeah. So just he was getting reports there were some strange yeah, so lights. He's down there getting re uh, reports. Uh, you get not to be able to turn that up a little more? The that clip coming from me? No, for uh, the the right, clip yeah, there. I can, that, I can crank that gain up. Yeah, crank that gain yeah, up a little right. bit. Right, anyways, uh, so what was he talking about there? He was talking about how he was down below in the capsule, as you see in that capsule mm -hmm. on the picture. And he he just got a call from his uh, security guards topside, and they're like, "Hey, we we got some strange lights flying around, doing some weird stuff up here." Just being a security guard saying. I got to observe and keep an eye out, and this is this right. is strange. So he's he's doing his job, and the Captain Robert Salas, is that right? Just you can call him Captain Bob. Captain Bob. Yeah. <laughs> right, Captain Bob. Captain Bob. Um, he just says, "Eh, well, all right, whatever. Keep an eye on him." He's like, "And eh, these guys are just fucking with me." Not one by one. By shutting down, I meant they went into a no-go condition, meaning. Uh, they could not be launched. As I recall it at the time, it seemed like every one of them shut down. But later, uh, in, uh, in recalling this, this incident with uh, my commander, Mywald, uh, uh, he said he, he thought we only lost about maybe, maybe seven or weapons went down. These weapons are Minuteman uh, 1 missiles. These were, uh, of course, nuclear, nuclear tip, nuclear warhead missiles. Yeah, we were saying so that. So they started mm -hmm. shutting down. And immediately he gets up, and we both start querying the uh, the status board. We've got the ability to query and and determine what the cause of the shutdowns were. As I recall, most of them were in power generator. Uh, uh, the only connection oh, between the the uh, capsule. All right, so it skipped there, but basically he was just going on to say that 
uh, when they later checked it out, oh, it was the uh, it was the guidance systems that made it. Guided systems that made it go out? That, that actually failed it and caused the systems to say, hey, these aren't ready for launch because we wouldn't know where to direct it as far right. as. So it wasn't, it wasn't the propulsion. It was the uh, guidance. Uh, here is a little more detail when saying more went down. Sorry about that, you guys. But they went down in rapid succession, which again is a extremely rare. Yeah, so he's talking. Ooh. What is going you on? You got. Uh, you're way, we're way too hot here. Turn that down there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then turn down ox when you're not using it. There you go. So ba yeah, basically he was saying six to eight of these missiles. What just, happened to us? Just went down. I think. Sorry about this technical difficulty. Turn yourself up on your mix there. Okay, you're good there. What happened to the sound there? It, was it degraded a bit. Yeah, a little bit. I think, I think you just need a new one of these cables or something. Here, we'll Isn't put that one really worn or something? No, it's these are all relatively new. Oh, are they? Hmm. All right. Um, everything, everything looks good on mine. All right, go on ahead. Stream. Yeah. Um, Cutting. Yeah. Well, that's we lost that. Oh, Sorry. Okay. All right. So here is Captain Bob. Uh, like I said, the extensive Continue. investigation was done. Weather was ruled out. Power surges were ruled out. Power surges um, ruled out. Mm -hmm. There was only one uh, possibility. One. It was uh, was looked at. It was other uh, world. One of the one of the Boeing engineers that that did some tests in, in a laboratory, and he thought that some kind of an electromagnetic force or field might have might have uh, caused a signal to go, but it would have had to go have gone through these buried cable to each of these missiles. Yeah, and these missiles are all supported in, uh, independently from the other one. Like each turn yourself one up there. Uh, in your check, check, there. check. There you go. All right. Each one of these missile silos has their own independent uh, power supply. Um, they have their own generators on their own independent system. So for you know an entire fleet of them to go down, something from the outside has to be affecting them. I mean that that just kind of makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, if there's no, if the generators will go down and everything, there's no possible way that goes down. I mean, that, that to me, that, that makes you know, sense. I'm not, I'm not exactly saying, oh, it was exactly aliens, but in order for several systems that are all independent of each other to go down at the same time or in rapid succession, as he says, something is deliberately happening. That's what that says to me. I, I agree. And it's, it's and sort of scary. What and now, as far been? as aliens, and I'm so thinking he, it was the Russians. He just got the. It could have been the Russians, mm -hmm. but he, he just got that call about <laughs> there's something alien up there. We don't know what it is. What's going on? And he just he he's starting to think that this could be uh, an alien thing. Do you have some more in his clip? Sort of. Yeah. Here comes. Uh, so what was really strange is the same night, same thing happened at another base. The same Not thing far happened. Far away. Yeah. Uh, 
hovering, not, not the launch control facility, but the actual launch facilities where the missiles are actually located. Like the actual silos. Uh, they had some maintenance and, and security people out there at the time. Um, and they were, they were observed, the UFOs were observed by these people out at those sites. Now they lost all 10 of their weapons. So that morning, we lost. They lost all 10. From, mm -hmm. You know, 16 to 18 ICBMs. Sure Those missiles were down Those the entire were down. day because uh, we've got uh, testimony from uh, Colonel Don Crawford who, who uh, relieved the crew at Echo Flight. And Echo okay. Flight was that other uh, base. But yeah, if it took them a whole day to get their missiles back up, just I'm sure following protocols and checks and inspections probably took the same amount of time at this other site. So you're talking 24 hours where we were short, you know, 16 to 18 nuclear weapons. And how long did do you know how long it takes to get them back up? Well, you said it took about 24 hours it's to get them okay. to get them back so up. So day, big deal. Yeah. Just, well, you I know, mean, stand and make sure everyone stands outside. Yeah, but think about it. If uh, let's say the Keep Russians knew that that hey, their weapons are down for the next 24 hours, now's the time to strike. I mean, so if they only knew, yeah. If, if they only knew, and so then, you got to keep your cool. Don't you know? Don't reveal that you have nothing. Yeah, it's like when it. you're wanting to lie to your mom or something. <laughs> I got a, I got one more, and this was uh, really weird. When he got done for the day and was relieved of his duties, he went back to talk to the base commander, and there was this individual there. An individual. An individual. Commander was a fellow from AFOSI. AFSOI Air. What is it? Air Force Office of Special Investigations. Special Investigations Officer. Okay. Some people might even say the men in black. Oh, Air shit. I, uh, Air Force Office of Special Investigation on the base. He was there in the office with the commander. Uh, they asked for my logs. Um, Where's your log? He wanted uh, a quick briefing, although it seemed to to me he knew pretty much what had happened already but we gave him a quick briefing and then he asked us asked us both to sign a uh, non-disclosure agreement saying this was classified information we would he not broke to that, didn't he? To anybody uh, uh, and that was it and we we couldn't talk he told us we could not talk about this to anyone including uh, any of the any of the uh, other crews our our spouses, our family, uh, even amongst each other. So we could not discuss this at all. It, very scary stuff. Well, it's not scary. You're just not supposed to talk about that kind of stuff. It's like Fight Club. You, yeah, you don't talk about aliens in Alien Club, mm -hmm. the first and second rule. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened there? Uh, was there, in, there, was, got it, there has to have been uh, some sort of investigation that happened. There was a little bit of an investigation. Yeah. Um, and actually an in-depth oh, post-event A little one. No, yeah. that's yeah. no little investigation. That's uh, in-depth. Yeah. Well, that means uh, in it, was, it was Boeing, the Boeing company, you know, that Boeing. makes the airplanes. Uh-huh. Based out of Seattle is uh, who conducted the, the investigation and basically declassified strategic missile wing documents and interviews uh -huh. with ex-Boeing engineers who conducted the test following the E-flight incident investigation confirmed that no cause for the missile shutdowns was ever found. Robert Kaminsky, 
uh, was the Boeing company engineer uh, team lead for the at the uh, of the investigation. Uh-huh. There were no or quote there were no significant failures, engineering data, or findings that would explain uh, that would explain how ten missiles were knocked off alert, and there was no technical explanation that could explain the threat. There's no significant failure, engineering data, or findings mm-hmm. that would explain how ten missiles were knocked off alert. Mm-hmm. Now there <coughs> was uh, one person. Uh, another employee at the <coughs> Boeing company, another engineer, was a fucking engineers, man, uh, that was able Goddamn to engineers. somewhat reproduce the problem. And basically, he would take a 10-volt uh, pulse of electricity and put it onto a data line um, that was you know, running to the, the silo. Um, and he was able to repeat the missile shutdown 80% of the time. But that is only when the... 10 volts was uh, applied directly at the logic coupler. Oh, logic yeah. coupler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, d- you know what that is, right? Oh, that's, of course. That's the thing that's that's right it, before the electricity hits the light. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, that where thing. you connect your logic. Yeah, exactly. And when somebody doesn't have any logic, you're like, what's wrong with your coupler over there? What the hell's your coupler doing yeah. over there? <laughs> okay. Um, yes, so, but other than that, that was as close as they were able to replicate it. Um, lightning and uh, other like commercial power uh, spikes were not able to. I, I don't see no it. lightning there. There was no lightning. I would have known lightning. I would have told told you there'd be lightning. No, but the the immigrant boy out there told me he saw some UFO. It was glowing red. One conclusion was that uh, was that the only way a pulse or noise could be sent from the outside through the whole shielded system was. An EMP, an electronic electromagnetic pulse. Which, of course, aliens have that technology, and they, they are willing to use it whenever mm-hmm. they want. And so do the Russians. Perhaps the aliens, they sense the nuclear device. They Whatever it is, they, they sense whatever's used, mm-hmm. the chemical used in it. Uranium. Okay, uranium. And they sense it, so they know where to go, and they're like, they can send a pulse, boom, 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 and it sends everything off course, and then they see everyone freaking out. They're like, okay, we're out. Well, what if what if they knew a little more? Like, what if they knew we... Because it was the Cold War, 67. Like, what if they knew we were on the verge of killing ourselves, and they wanted to show, hey, like, don't, don't do this, and that was just a demonstration of, like, their power... Because maybe they think that... You think this is a thing from the aliens trying to say, you know, don't fuck with us? No, it's saying, like, don't fuck yourselves up. Because I'm sure they don't want us to destroy this planet. So they were like, okay, we're going to show you guys, give you guys a little thing to have to figure out. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably what they were trying to do. Plain God, alien gods. Hmm, My goodness. The evidence, you know, the the evidence kind of shows that aliens probably are gods. Okay, okay. <laughs> great, great, great. Yeah, yeah. What else? That's it for the investigation? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty much, much it for the investigation. It just so kind of dead-ended dead ended there. And, of course, you know, the documents, there's not a whole lot to be found on it because they tend to throw stuff out like that out or just not even... A lot of the commanding posts won't even, like, accept a report on strange flying lights and things of the sort. They don't give so a it, fuck. So, well, no, that gives them coverage. Be like, oh, we don't know anything about this because we don't have any documentation on it. So, if somebody tries to submit some sort of report saying that, they just toss it. Okay. It's plausible de- deniability. Well, I'm sure uh, Captain Bob doesn't like that an- those answers. Well, no, he man. wants it to be an alien very much. Yeah. I don't know if he wants it to be. I think he just... 
I think he was there. He experienced it and knew those systems because he was a launch controller. You have to have thorough knowledge of the systems. Well, all he knows that it went down after sure. hearing an alien thing. Sure, but he also he knew there was and not, not even you know he can't officially say yes there were lights because they were just coming from reports topside. But right. put yourself in his shoes, be like, well, hang on, are these two things related? They, I mean, You've got to very least much ask could yourself. be. I mean, we don't know that. There's been some media coverage on this guy. Captain mm-hmm. Salas was told to say nothing about the incident, but was deemed, uh, which was deemed highly classified. As instructed, he told no one other than his commanding officer about his experience at Malmstrom. Upon leaving the Air Force in 1971, Salas worked as a safety and reliability engineer. So he turned one of those engineers oh, there that you damn. hate there. Yep. For Martin Marietta Aerospace and Rockwell International on space shuttle design proposals. So yeah, he was a pretty, uh, cl- not classified, but a pretty specialized thing there. Space shuttle design proposals. So you Shit. just come up with designs on spaceships. Yeah. And you present them. So from 1974 until his retirement in 1995, he worked for Federal Aviation Administration as an aircraft structure certification engineer. This guy's got quite a He's got quite a the record, resume. A resume, yeah. Returning to school for a teaching certificate, he has worked since 1998 as a mathematics teacher, his current occupation. So he's this math teacher that probably some kids really hate. And if they only <laughs> knew what this guy is. He's, he's teaching a, on, in the inner city trying to, to educate How can the I youth? reach these kids? You got to do the finger trick. You're the finger man. The finger man. <laughs> Salas decided to go public about the Malmstrom incident in 1994. In 2005, he published the book Faded Giant with co-author James Klotz. And uh, if you can get that uh, picture up right over there. Which right one? over there. Which one? This one right here. Um, oh, that one. Well, I had that one up earlier. If you, if, well, either way. So September. So he came out on, basically came out of the closet in 1994. He decided to go public. I don't know if he actually told anybody. He probably told some friends and some, uh, some obviously told James Klotz here who... For the next nine years, they helped write each other. They helped each other write the book, The Faded Giant. And so, Captain Solace, on 2000, uh, this was September 27, 2010, Salas co sponsored a press conference at the National Press Club on, in Washington, D.C., where he and six other ex military witnesses testi- testified to the reality of the UFO incidents at U.S. nuclear weapons bases. So I'm going to play a clip here, you guys. That's got that. So you can go ahead and start putting up these, uh, put up that press conference video there. I'm just going to play this here. At least take a look at those, uh, research this a little bit. And um, if you do, I think um, you'll come to the same conclusions that uh, we have. Uh, That is that the UFO phenomenon is real, not imaginary. Uh, There's current excessive secrecy in our government uh, surrounding this phenomenon. Unknown aerial objects have, in fact, been observed over many of our nuclear weapons bases and other nuclear facilities. And in some cases, the appearance of these objects uh, coincided with compromising the operational readiness of our nuclear weapons. Although each of us might have different opinions about the meaning and intent of these incidents, I think we can all agree that the tampering with nuclear weapons is a national security concern. 
Uh, that's right. And, you know, there's something that can be grabbed from that, you know. It's just like the climate change, what he said there about, you know, people's thoughts about climate change. Whether or not you believe in climate change, we should be concerned. Same thing with sure. these nuclears being tampered with, these nuclear weapons. Uh, something we should be concerned with there. And so that was from the meeting he had, uh, the press meeting on 2010. Um, here's a quote that's pretty good. And he said, there is excessive secrecy in government and nobody likes excessive secrecy because that obviously leads to abuses. And that is p the political connection to the UFO phenomenon. So I guess that's how he connects politicals to political phenomenon. Uh, he, that's just how he connects everything together, in a, essentially. So what is the Air Force's policy on you? Uh, well, first of all, I didn't even play. Uh, well, what is the, do you have uh, Robert Solis here in that um, press conference? Do you have him? No, I had the wrong one. Kira. That's okay. So we'll just play. This is uh, one of the last things he said before he left off. And this is the Air Force's policy on UFOs. And go. Uh, this is Air Force official policy on UFOs. Uh, this is dated uh, 2005, but I believe it is current policy. I'll just read one part of it. It says, no UFO reported, investigated, and evaluated uh, by the Air Force uh, was ever an indication of threat to our national security. That is clearly misleading. It is false based on our testimonies. How about that? Hmm. It's, uh, it's an awfully convenient answer. Yeah, well, <laughs> they just said, don't don't worry about it, okay? That's it's not a, a big deal. It, a, it happened, but uh, and it's, don't so worry. So here's, uh, here's it once again, uh, the, the Air Force's policy on UFOs. Don't worry about it. That's it. Don't worry about it, all right? We got this. So... We can go over so many different videos and clips of this this old man. You can get that Larry King one up there. Um, but it's just always the same story, more or less. Okay, I was working uh, in a capsule down there, and uh, all of a sudden I got a phone call from a, a guy up there, and he said, hey, there's aliens up here. And he says, like, oh, shit, there's aliens. And he thought nothing of it. They're just fucking around. And then all of a sudden, all the fucking missiles go out, and I... Uh, was just it's all the same fucking story over and over and over but then uh, i found some really good video of and it's the only thing that i found that was worth pulling clips of and it was of ufo investigator bill hastings former usaf captain bob salas that's captain bob of course former air force official bill jameson and dr bob jenkins former first lieutenant of the u.s are uh Air Force, I was going to say Army Force, of Air Force on the Larry King show. Imagine how having that, that moniker. Former First Lieutenant U.S. Air Force. Former? Former First Lieutenant, Lieutenant U.S. Air Force. They don't deny any interaction. They said it had no impact on national security. They didn't deny the interaction. They just had no impact on national security. Well, there you, there's uh, Ryan talking about... This is a little bit more. Um, I wanted to get into these clips here. So they all get on the Larry King show, Bill, Bill, and Bob, and Bob, or Bill and Bob. I think oh, he has two Bills and two Bobs. He goes on the Larry King show, and they go to tell Bill Nye, the science guy, who comes on and who's also skeptical about this, about Captain Bob's claims. 
So after hearing the uh, captain's claim, Larry King asked the science guy what he thought about it. Let's listen to that. What's your thought? Well, in the skeptical world, in science, we look at claims. We look at individual claims. So I noticed that we looked to the intro of your show and stuff. That you, there's several UFO incidents all mixed together. By the way, uh, Bill Nye is very credible. Uh, he's a scientist. Uh, he's an educator of science. Uh, <laughs> uh, he can be full of shit sometimes, but I do. I used to love him, but he's kind of full of shit nowadays. Uh, carry on, Bill. There. Uh, but let's talk about the one in 1967, right? This is your problem right. at Mel Malmstrom Air Malmstrom. Force in uh, Montana. Montana. So the nuclear missiles went down, right? So if you go look at the documents that these guys have offered, if I understand it, as evidence, you look at some, and you don't have to look, read it, but you see there's something blacked out. What's your scary. Point? Well, it looks spooky and scary, but it turns out that that day, or the day before, the power had gone out in some of the chiller units, the air conditioning. Okay. Down. So they the man who happened. called him and said he saw something outside, he didn't well, see something. Well, let me just say, when you see something, a lot of people see something. And a lot of people, a lot of people see, see things something. that are really they can't identify, but that doesn't mean they were... It's quite a leap. So you're saying it's a coincidence. This guy yeah. thought he saw, saw, saw something and the missiles go and out. And then right. you talk to Bob people Salas, who are there, and it's respond? very compelling. <clears throat> and these documents, right. okay. I remember, just while you address this... Let him you respond. Go, well, when you respond, address that <laughs> one of the officers suspected that somebody had been drinking. <laughs> uh -oh, so he's like, oh, on the job. somebody was drinking. What do you got to say about that? And said Robert Solis, he comes in, uh, Robert, uh, yeah, but Captain Bob delivered with a very possible answer to Bill's theory. Oh, well, there's all this backup generation uh, bullshit. We've got batteries. We've got the town electricity. We've got this and that. There's no way that that shit... It's just going to go down. And Bill also cited, well, there was a power outage that was reported just a day before or something. And he just kept going on, you know. Uh, Bill just wanted, Bill just kept going on thinking that these gents were being disingenuous. So, and it seems like Bill Nye was irritating the expert panel. He was getting, he was really getting irritating to them. Bill would counter argue and all the experts would talk at once to disprove the science guy. Larry had to get his control back. He it's had, his it show. was getting out of control. People were talking over each other. Larry then hands the conversation over to a rather hostile Bob Jenkins who <laughs> proceeds to give Bill Nye a piece. Coach, in the interest of time, in the interest of time, Dr. Jacobs, he takes pictures, he comes back, they call him in. That's what we're seeing they right here. The pictures I of this saw it, I'm an eyewitness. Thing. He saw it, I'm he not saw talking it. About and they, con they confiscate it. Yeah. Well, not, well not I, I wouldn't be surprised. Hello? Well, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. You mind if I speak, Mr. Comedian? <laughs> go ahead. I was there. I was there. Hey, look at Bill Nye's face. I saw the film with my own He's eyes. Like, I'm not lying. Who the fuck is this guy? I'm a university professor with a PhD and a lot of years of, of go good, respectful research. So... They, the guys from Officer may not have seen the UFO, but they saw the results of it. I saw the damn thing on film with my own eyes, so don't call me a liar, and you weren't there. I, I was. With all due respect, I'm not calling you a liar. It's just quite a step to say there was a film with remarkable images on it that the CIA confiscated. Which I saw and which they did. Yeah, which is quite a step from there to say it was definitely a spacecraft from another civilization. That's the leap it was, that the skeptical it was, community is reluctant to hey, take. Hey, pal, let, 
Listen to me. Pal. <laughs> it's like, hey, pal. Yeah. Hey, if somebody calls you pal in like conversation, it's not friendly. Yeah, he did not, uh, he, did, he was not very friendly about that whole thing. Let's hear that again. He is reluctant to hey, take. Hey, pal, listen to me. I didn't say it was a, a spaceship from another civilization. I said it was something in the air that we couldn't identify. Therefore, it was an unidentified flying object. Okay. It was Am I wrong? Um, he was getting heated up there a bit, and... Of course, that was one of that was a photographer. He's a PhD. He's also a, who did I say? He's the former first lieutenant of the U.S. Air Force, and he took pictures of some sort of flying object, and that footage was confiscated by the the government by the man, and that was not cool, man. Mm. Um, and so that's why he's so bad. Tom DeLonge. Oh, uh, Andy's talking about Tom DeLonge. We're not going to talk about Tom DeLonge today. <clears throat> But Bill, the nigh, the dying guy, he really tries to reason with these four gentlemen. He tries to conduct a thought experiment. Let's listen to it. Shaped like two saucers put together with a golf ball on top, and it fired a beam that we assumed was a plasma beam at a dummy warhead and knocked it out of space. Tell me what happened. Tell me who did that. Tell me in 1964 who had that technology, pal. Not us, and not the Russians, and nobody I know of. Nobody of that that guy so knows of. None of my friends have it. Well, so what's your conclusion? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I don't know anybody that's got it. My dog doesn't have. So it doesn't, have doesn't it. exist. Yeah, you know, my dog doesn't have one. You know, I tried to look my cat. I mean, he's a shifty motherfucker. Always staring at the window, but he doesn't have any. I'm, I don't know anybody. What's your conclusion? What are you saying? Well, my conclusion is that something I, happened that I, we don't know what it was, Skype. and I wouldn't be surprised if it had something to do with another aspect of military testing in the sky that night, and it's a it's much more reasonable explanation. We had, we than, had nothing. There's okay. nothing in our inventory that could so possibly do So let's do, let's, let's do this other little thought experiment, everybody. Okay, let's say this has been going on since 1967, routinely, right? There's an old joke in broadcasting. Are you going to do this with baking soda and vinegar, Bill? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're running out of time. It's <laughs> an old joke in broadcasting. What is well, it's like trying to photograph a car wreck. Oh, well, he gave it to him, man. Yeah, yeah we're not going to listen to the rest of uh, what Bill Nye says, but that, how about that? That is super good. And you see Bill Nye's face gets so fucking angry about it. Let's see if I can play it again here. It's been going on since 1967, routinely, right? There's an old joke in broadcasting. Are you going to do this with baking soda and vinegar, Bill? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> We're running out of time. It's an old joke in broadcasting. And you know, well, it's like trying to photograph a car wreck. You know, Bill Nye couldn't really say anything. He doesn't have a, like a PhD. He's just uh, he's only got a bachelor's, I believe, in like engineering. Or and something. all these guys are totally badass Air Force guys, retired, and you got one guy is a former first lieutenant. No, but then again, think about it though. He, he he may not have the knowledge, but he's got he's the one questioning them, challenging them, trying like so that they don't get too far away into it. Oh, like, sure. He's, he's playing the scientific card. Sure, and then you know you obviously heard what happens when you try to play this well the science guy card there. <laughs> yeah. Do this with baking soda and vinegar, Bill. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're running out of time. <laughs> it's an old joke in broadcasting. It? Well, it's like trying I'll, to I'll photograph cut that for a the soundboard. Wreck. I should have yeah, already. What a yeah. Anyways, um, so that's what happens when you try to reason with these with these UFO people. Sometimes they're a little anxious and they're a little angry, just like arguing with the left. Sometimes <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. 
I'm just kidding. In this last clip, Larry I'm sure King... the same thing goes for the arguing with somebody on the right. Sure, absolutely. In this last clip, Larry King opens the floor to a debate on UFOs. Captain Bob was not present for this hour of Larry King's program, and first up is a prominent UFO researcher who wanted to address the bravery of Bill Nye the Science Guy. Planets. Well, you know, I admire Bill's courage. Uh, I can't imagine a, a well-trained scientist who's expert at communicating science to the general masses of people, who has courage enough to go on a national, international television program to talk about something which he hasn't researched, something which he knows nothing about, and pretend he's being a scientist about it. Frankly, <laughs> I'm sick and tired of the debunkers hey, that took a harsh making left their turn. research be proclamations I mean, Bill showed a document with, you know, names redacted. How about this is a CIA document it took me five years to get about UFOs, not just names redacted. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little context there. That was the last clip that uh, Bill and I was talking about. Oh, look at these. These are the papers that they're talking about. Uh, they're, look at that. They're redacted. It just looks scary. And that's when Larry King was like, what's the point? And we played that. <laughs> a little, just let it out. Let it out. <laughs> 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 Uh, anyways, um, how about that clip? Uh, you, it's like, Brandon, I want to thank Brandon coming up here, man. He's a great guy. Too bad that he shits his pants all the time. It's a backhanded compliment and says he has absolutely nothing. To, he knows nothing. I'd like to thank Brandon to coming out to this podcast meeting. He did such a great job, and he absolutely knows nothing about podcasting. He's a shitty person, and we should all be... Uh, we all feel stupider when he's around. No, I'm just not saying well, this no, about... No, you, you said something pretty similar to, uh, what was it, 26, 27, my first one, Blue Beam? Okay. You said something pretty similar at, at, at the end. I did? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> improv, man, improv. Oh, uh, I was... Oh, I did? <laughs> I mean, I did. Anyways, that was... May a, have been Jeff from Texas. So let's talk about some... I got some questions then. So now that we know the story and we've uh, watched, listened to him on Larry King and listened to Bill Nye get a tongue lashing... Uh, is Captain Solace's Captain Bob's story believable, Mister uh, Mister Hardhat? Is it believable? People out there, I mean, is it believable that you know he is? He's saying that as a missile control launcher, that all the missiles went down, and he believes it's due to the report of the UFO just minutes before that they all happened. Mm -hmm. So, do you believe that? Do I believe that that actually happened? Do you believe? Well, I believe that the missiles went down. We do. Well, that's actually mm -hmm. fact that that yeah. happened. Okay. There's no doubt about that. Now, as far as the lights, are they connected? They might be. I don't know. You know, I wasn't there. He never actually saw these lights. They're just coming from a report. I mean, for all we know, it could have been the security guards be like, hey, you want to fuck with these people tonight? You want to do something? Yeah. Fuck with these white kids? Fuck with them. So is he lying? He he actually never saw anything except the missiles going yeah, offline. I don't think he's lying. I think he's just he's he's, he's twisted it. Yeah, he, he's he's to him that that explanation makes sense. <clears throat> and you know, a lot of people want to say that this is a hoax. At least the claims that he has that they're aliens. Not the not the fact that the uh, missiles went offline, but sure. the claim that they're aliens caused it. Well, there's no proof of that. So then, yeah, that is. I mean, you can't. And uh, so I looked up some stuff here. I found a document that claims that this is a hoax, and it's called the Echo Flight UFO Incident, March 16th, 1967. Uh, the Echo Flight Incident UFO hoax was discovered only when an attempt to confirm the claims of the alleged witnesses were undertaken. 
All the confirmatory, uh, confirmatory witnesses named by Salas, Klotz, and ha Hastings insist that the claims were false. In other words, everyone that they, that those three guys brought up, did not collaborate the story back. They were lying mm. or said, um, "I've never Too heard that before." Uh, they just weren't going at it, right? Mm -hmm. the, they insist that there was no UFO sighted, reported, or investigated, and that the actual cause of the missile failures, as well. Uh, was well established as an electrical malfunction by those charged to investigate the incident. That's weird to say. <laughs> the missile failures was well established as an electrical malfunction by those charged to... Okay, they're just saying, yeah, those investigated the incident, established it as an electrical malfunction, oh, okay. like you said, mm -hmm. uh, with the logic like board. The and if bolts. it was able to happen there, they were, okay, there's something that happened. That's the only way it happened. Something happened. That sure. happened. No sure. fact. The fact that no attempts to confirm the UFO aspect of the claims were undertaken by anybody for the first 15 years that the hoax was perpetrated, even though the UFO aspect of the claims was only inserted into the case 30 years after the fact, there were no eyewitnesses, uh, there was no documented report of a UFO, and there was no investigation undertaken of a UFO as required by active military directives at the time supports the connotation of skeptics that UFO proponents are far less inclined to test or otherwise confirm UFO claims than those assessing claims established in regard to other perhaps more scientific fields of study. Whew. That's a lot of words you said there. Could this be a cover-up? It could be. Uh, I mean, if it is, so why hide it? Why hide that? If it, uh, Maybe they do want to hide the fact that uh, the missiles go down every once in a while. That's an act of national security, right? Sure. We don't want them to... Uh, we don't want you to know when they're down, because mm -hmm. then you can bomb us, or you can take them, or some shit. So we don't want that to happen. And uh, if that's the reason to hide it, uh, that's a big reason why to hide it. But uh, as aliens, no, one, I don't think aliens ever perpetrated that at all. What do you think, Brandon? Oh. Um, Who do you think I'm talking to? Do you think I'm just talking to the people out there? I thought you were talking to the listeners. What do you think out there, listeners? Yeah, That's a good idea. What do, you think, the, what do you think, Hard Hat? Um, it's definitely a very interesting story, but like I said, he never actually witnessed anything firsthand. He just saw the results, and I'm just quote-unquote results of, you know, if they the were missiles. aliens, he only saw them going down. So he, right. you know, it's, but it's a very interesting story. Like, I mean, that kind of freaked me the fuck out. And now he's lived the rest of it. Well, and the other thing is that it took him until 1994 to come out and say something. Well, I think the confidentiality thing you signed, I think it's for 30 years. Oh, okay. I well, think. then he was able to say, okay, this might be, uh, this might be like alien shit. And like, I always knew, but uh, now I can make money. And uh, hey, let's sell a book. And they all sell a fucking book. Because Andy Blanton would say, I bet you that guy's selling a book. <laughs> and he is selling a book. Is he? What's yeah. the name of it? I mean, uh, of course. Like, you know, why wouldn't you? Uh, I can tell you what the name of the book is. It's called uh, tr tr The Faded Giant. Faded, Faded Giant, Giant. Which he co-wrote with James Klotz, okay? In 2005, he published it. Hmm. So nine years after he to decided to go public with it, all that shit. All right. Uh, that was Into the Mystic, you guys. What do you guys think about that? What do you think, Brandon? Well, we, we went deep down into that one, found some fun bit. stuff, and uh, we'll, I'll pull some clips Keep there. coming across like a complete twat. Oh, shit. Okay. We can call it Uranus. Wow. Can't believe I got called a twat. 
All right. Well, I, we just have a little bit more left to do in the show. So are you ready to do this? Let's do some of the news. We got the news with Nick and Lowe's. Actually, just Brandon and Lowe's. That's right. Oh my God, what was going on last weekend? This was, we're talking about Saturday. The I think it was like the first or something. <sighs> what is today? The third? Uh, okay, so it was the thirtieth that this happened. We're talking about it happened in Portland and probably countless other places, but Portland is the one I really want to show here. So why don't you go ahead and get that uh, that video up there for me, my man? And uh, we got the video up here. Basically, the police declared a riot after far-right and Antifa groups clashed in Portland. Well, far-right and Antifa groups. Okay, so uh, it wasn't just uh, regular people that believe in this and that. It's they're the far-right. I don't know uh, what far-right is defined these days. I think anyone that's um, just of the left is considered far-right. Um, but this comes from NPR.com. And what began in downtown Portland Saturday as permitted uh, as a permitted march by the far right group Patriot Prayer. So uh, who is Patriot Prayer? Are we getting uh, some video up yeah. there? Yeah. Yep. And uh, can you make just that, can you make it full screen and turn her up a bit? Yeah, turn up that auxiliary up there while you're at it or wherever the sound comes from. Oh, I didn't know I was playing sound through it. Yeah, I want to have some sound of this as well. And if you can full screen it, that'd be great. Because uh, basically, you're going to see here um, all the people in black hoods. You see all the black hoods there. Oh, now you hear the guns of the, the, the Poe shooting at what looks like Antifa there. Shooting their uh, pepper spray guns or whatnot there. Sounds like they got automatic uh, pepper spray guns, don't they? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and on the other, on their opposition, what you see there is the Patriot Prayer Group, and they're uh, a right-wing group based in the Portland, Oregon area. Patriot Prayer has organized pro-Trump rallies and other protests in predominantly liberal areas, and witches has uh, witches has been met with large numbers of counter-protesters. Of course, white nationalists have attended some of the rallies organized by Patriot Prayer, sparking some controversy. In August 2017, in the wake of the Unite the Right rally, Joey Gibson, the founder of Patriot Prayer, denounced racism and denied that Patriot Prayer is connected to the alt right. So Patriot Prayer is not all right and not far right. They are people that are advocating in favor of free speech and opposing big government. I, you both, we both love that, don't we? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sounds great. And yet they're met with these crazy ass people. You can skip forward, like uh, go to halfway through it or so. And you're going to see just how crazy it is that these people just want to have their rally and they're met with these people donning black masks shooting shit at them uh, like pepper spray and then you say, oh, you get these these brave ass women there that shouldn't be there fighting these crazy men on both sides if you're out there fighting there's some proud boys out there and there's a line of uh, cops there um, 
this is a crazy one. I think you're going to hear a lot of like booms and shit because they get pretty gnarly. Is it up all the way on the video? Maybe the video is not turned I up. Just all I got it. Okay. And look, you have one side. Okay, they got the flag of the, the Jolly Roger. Not the Jolly Roger. Whatever. The good job. What is the name of the flag for England? They for have England? Like oh, um, yeah. It's the, no, the Jolly Roger's pirate. Yeah. Um, Damn, what Whatever they it? call it, man. Uh, the good flag. And uh, <laughs> that's for Tommy Robinson because they're for freedom of speech. And Tommy Robinson, which I think we should do a show about Tommy Robinson. Can you not make that full screen? Just, like, click on the full screen on the video. Yeah, but. Anyways, this is, this is, um. No, because it captures the window. Okay, so put it back, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's scammed some more till we get some more action there. So look, they've blocked off the street. I think this is gonna come. It, it's coming up with some more. Is that it? Yep. Turn it up. Yeah. Keep that up. Yeah. So the cops are now warning them. This is now. Because they've seen enough. They've seen both sides fighting at it. They have the Proud Boys, which the Proud Boys are uh, like a Gavin McInnes kind of offshoot thing. And they're, a lot of people want to say they're Nazis, but they're Proud Boys. They're, they're, they're show, Western chauvinists. And they're, they're just proud of being white people in a time where it's not okay to be white. And I get what they're saying. Um, and Gavin McInnes says it's time to go back and fight these guys, uh, the people that oppose them. Because why are they fighting them? The Antifa is out there because they're Antifa, right? They're anti-fascist. They fight anti-fascist. But then when you go to these rallies, and go and, can you throw up that picture of the, all the weapons that were confiscated there, Brandon? You could turn down the video just a little bit. Because it's about to go down, and we'll turn it down. We'll turn it up a bit. Uh, and they're like, "Yep, let's do it." They're about to turn this shit up. And there's a big fight happening right there. Oh my goodness. At least that guy in the checkers wasn't. Uh, he's Antifa, but he's not with a mask. He's actually fighting without a mask. Damn. Oh, that guy got his ass knocked the fuck out. Look at, watch this guy. Kia! He got knocked his ass. <laughs> That's a proud boy right there, knocked his ass out. Did you see that? Oh my god, that was so sweet. And then yeah, oh mayhem's happening. This is this is on the streets of Portland on Saturday. So the the Proud Boys. Go over what they are again. Okay, Proud Boys, and this is by the you can go ahead and pause that video or you can put it back up to me here. Um, you can keep the anyway, that's fine. The Proud Boys are Western chauvinists. Now, chauvinist just means that you you uh, you are traditionalist. Um, chauvinist if, means you're traditionalist. If you look at the actual meaning oh, of it, come on, man, we're not gonna get into the oh the traditional meaning of this word. Like, get with the times. Come on, you know damn now damn well what chauvinist means. Okay, to people fine. Nowadays. They are nationalists. You know that they're asking for. They it. are nationalists, and nationalists that means that they are proud to be an American. Where sure. at least I know I'm free. Okay, and I'm never gonna forget <laughs> the men who died who gave that right to me, and I proudly stand up. All right. For the men who died. That's right. And women. And that's what they are. They, they are patriots. And I get this like fight against the right and left, and I'm done trying to like fight too much about it. But the, 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 what the left needs to realize is the right is full of what, pe what you would call, you and me would call patriots. 
people that love the country and they want to try to put on this thing that there are Nazis, white supremacists out there. They're not out there. They are like they are. <laughs> they're not out there. There's probably a couple some out there, like the the stupid KKK, whatever. They're idiots. They're hicks. You can't get rid of them all. And if you want to get rid of them all, you're a Nazi yourself because there are going to be people that oppose everything. And those are those people. The Westboro Baptist uh, Baptist Church. Those guys hate fags. I get it. They they hate fags. Big fucking whoop that they hate them. They let them hate. Let them hate. We can do our other thing and then and, and become a civilized society. But this is what's going on in the streets of, uh, of Portland. Um, and uh, all those knives and everything, those was confiscated by the cops before the rally. And yet there were still lots of things that were being thrown out. Fireworks. They, uh, the People were throwing fireworks into the crowds. And we're not talking little baby fireworks. We're talking about like mo- a mortar, a mortars getting thrown into a fucking crowd of people fighting. Uh, it's absolute mayhem out there. And I want us to try to get together and, and stop fighting about stuff. For Christ's sake, one person, one side from Antifa, they want... They think that this side or my side, the right side, and it's not that I'm saying it's the right or wrong side. It's like literally left or right. That everyone there is a Nazi. But what we want is freedom. We don't want our freedom of speech to be taken. Our freedom of uh, our second or first amendments are being, they're being, they're at war. People are trying to take away and regulate more things when things are just fine. And we need to, what we need to do is focus on other things like the the mental health issue. We've got. We've, that's the only thing that's changed and in, in, like my grandpa my my dad would have been able to go to school with a gun with a how about i said it in the first low speaks where there were kids that grew up with a pocket knife and that was their pencil sharpener there weren't there weren't any stabbings back then and there were, everyone had a fucking knife where we are we're going so far backwards we're gonna we're gonna regulate ourselves to nothingness and everyone's gonna be sorry about it and i don't want to be part of that I'm going to be a... Well, you know, that does, like, surprise me because um, you said that your grandpa walked around, you know, with a knife that was their pencil sharpener. Yeah, it wasn't even a knife. You know, I'm it was a, a pencil sharpener. By, you know, su- surprise fact out there, guys, we don't podcast for a living. This is this is something we do on the side. We got day jobs. I'm sure they know. Right? The show's terrible. <laughs> um, I, I work with my hands. I use tools. One of my common tools is a flip-out razor knife. Um, and I'm just... It, it kind of concerns concerns me because now there are extremists out there that would like they would see that and they're like, oh shit, he's got a knife, and it's like, come on, get the. Well, think about what I mean? what, it, what it takes to go flying these days because one fucking crazy whack job put a bomb in his shoe. You got to take off your shoes at, in an airport. Is that necessary anymore? I think it's excessive. It's excessive, and it's it's getting shitty. Uh, I mean, sure, we should have some safety, you know, seatbelts in cars, but you don't need to make people wear them, click it or ticket, you know? Well, we're just doing this to save your ass. Well, you, because you're, when you're alive, you are paying taxes, and if you're not alive, they're missing out on that well, revenue. Well, there's that that's, there. That's exactly what it is, because I'm with you on that. It's like seatbelts, like, I'm not against, like, they save lives, but... Why is it a regulation? Like it should be the person's choice if they if they want to be that stupid and not wear one. But of course, overregulation. I was watching and- uh, this Piers Morgan thing on the gun debate, and he goes to a gun range, and he shoots this fucking sit down fucking turret style gun, and the guy was like, he shot it. He's like, it shot fucking nine hundred rounds a minute, you know, shit. some shit like that. 
And he was like, what would anybody want this fucking thing? And he's like, well, yeah, no one wants to shoot it because it costs a lot to shoot it. <laughs> 900 rounds a minute? It's a lot of fucking rounds to shoot. I mean, and he goes, well, it's an investment thing. It cost me 12000 to buy it, and now I'm selling it for fifty. You know, and oh, well, there's that. You, yeah, it's just something that would appreciate in value. Um, but you would need a, some sort of license to buy it, uh, the restrictions. But guess what? No one's going to, if you restricted, like I said this in uh, one of our episodes with Nick when I was fighting about gun debates, so like I want everything to be unre- like, re- uh, unregulated. Like, well, well, so you want everyone to be able to have a fucking uh, machine gun. It's like, do you think that people are going to be able to afford a machine gun? I went out there to try to buy a fucking handgun. Those things are expensive as fuck. <laughs> what about fucking uh, the mass murder gun? And criminals will be able to afford whatever because if criminals don't follow any laws... So there's no need They're to have silly taxes. laws to prevent respectable people from owning these things. Because if they're allowed to, if they can, if they can have it, so can we. That's the American fucking spirit. But you understand, like that method, it does essentially just say, okay, us good guys, we're just gonna be fighting you bad guys, and it's gonna be a, a gunfight, and everybody who's not armed. No, is it's in the like the nuclear retaliation <laughs> thing. Like it's why mutual it, destruction. A mutual destruction. You know that I will fuck you up if you try to do anything. I will fuck you until and you die. You will fuck me up if you try to if I try to do anything to you. So it leaves us like okay, we could throw that off the table, and now we can we can move on as civilized people. It's just in the back of our mind. You know, like when you were growing up, you were like, man, I can beat that guy up, and like you, all your friends and. And they, sometimes you guys will fight about it. You're like, no, I'd be able to beat your ass. Like, fuck you. Know? <laughs> I know that Nick, if Nick was here, he'd be like, I'd be able to beat both of you guys' asses because he works out and everything. But he doesn't know me, man. I get squirrely. I'd be like, you know, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Fuck you, Nick. You want some of this? I'm just kidding, buddy. He's going to be back in a couple weeks. He's still on tour with the Tej. We miss you, buddy. Come back. Either way, that's been another episode of Emergency Exit. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you guys like our content, please be sure to uh, at least, you know, hit us up on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever we're at. Where are we else? Where else are we at there? We're everywhere. Twitters Uh, and all that. All that Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So where can you find us on Twitter? I'll give you guys all the good Twitter info here. You've got you've got the show on Twitter, which is at EMEXPod. You've got me. Follow me on Twitter at Batch Right Los. Follow Brandon at Fly In Zombie. That's Fly, just an N, and Zombie. In. That's right. Man, I suppose you're going to conduct an consp- uh, experiment with some bacon powder and vinegar, huh? I might. Or I might just go home and cook up some crack. Cook up some crack? Why yeah. not? Well, I got the baking soda. All right, well. Like I said, you guys, it's the end of our show. If you guys want a koozie, give us a holler. We'll we'll send you out one. Uh, we have a phone number coming in, so we're gonna end the show and we're gonna keep recording. I guess we can answer it, get it on the get it on the line. Oh, they just if that was somebody calling, call right back. I just missed it. I didn't get it on my phone. Well, maybe it was somebody just calling me then. Well, you guys are getting all the behind the stuff, st- all the behind the stage stuff. Either way. Thank you once again. We talked about some crazy shit with Captain Bob and Smalian. So, for Brandon the Hard Hat Mitchell, I'm your boy Lo saying, that's right.